0: As an educator, are you designing experiences that cultivate social and emotional learning? In your classroom and school communities, you can develop social and emotional learning through an environment where students feel safe, welcomed, cared for, and able to take risks. Hapara Highlights and Hapara Filter are two tools that help you create a safe, supportive environment while building student agency. To learn more about establishing a culture of social and emotional learning with Hapara tools, visit hapara.com S-E-L. Hello and welcome to the Ed Surge podcast, where every week we look at the future of learning. I'm Jeff Young, a reporter and the managing editor here at Ed Surge. Is a university degree the worst investment a young person can make? That question was the focus of a surprising debate held at a recent education conference. I mean, this was a conference for teachers where you might think everyone would be a firm believer in the value of college. But it turns out the people arguing both for and against this motion, they were both devoted educators. The venue was something called the Teacher Tech Summit, a two-day virtual event last month run by T4 Education and co-hosted with the World Bank and the edtech investment firm Owl Ventures. I was asked to moderate, and I was really curious to do it. It was the first time that I had proceeded over an Oxford-style debate. The discussion ended up going to a deeper question. What exactly is higher education for? Is it for helping students land the kind of stable job that'll set them up for living a full life? Or is it primarily about a kind of personal growth that can't be measured in dollars and cents? More about citizenship and a search for meaning and purpose than a paycheck? So for this week's Ed Surge podcast, we are bringing you the full audio of the debate. As you'll hear, we had two dynamic and passionate speakers, one who works at a top-ranked traditional university, and another at an upstart coding school. Afterwards, we asked the audience to vote for who they thought won this debate. So you can play along at home and and think through who you would have backed based on these arguments. There were actually a couple thousand people tuning in live, so we had an interesting sample in the group there. Okay, so here is the debate rebroadcast with permission from the Teacher Tech Summit. Good day, everybody. Um, whatever time zone you're in, um, welcome to this session of the Teacher Tech Summit. Um, and as, as was said, we are here for a debate about the value of the university degree um, in today's fast-changing world. Um, and, and it is it is really an exciting format to, to do this. And so, um, <clears throat> as, as was said, I'm Jeff Young, I'm the managing editor of EdSurge. We're a nonprofit publication covering innovation in education and ed tech. Yeah, I want to set up some context and introduce our debaters um, as as we get going here. So um, as as you heard, the motion is a provocative one, that this House believes a university degree is the worst investment a young person can make. Um, In preparing for this panel, um, I've mentioned the session to a few people. And every time, um, it actually has started a really interesting conversation, the framing, um, because some people, you know, people have said, oh, I know someone who's Skipping college, even though they got a scholarship, or, or other people saying, yeah, I hear big employers like Google say they're not going to consider the the university degree; they'll take people without a degree. But I don't know if I believe that. I would still worry not having one. But there's a, uh, I've been covering education as a journalist for for more than twenty years now, and I will say something different is in the air um, when it comes to how people perceive college and higher education. That makes this question. A, an incredibly timely one. And I think it's a good way to help us think through um, the challenges facing education today in this time of incredible disruption um, and and all kinds of, of challenges around the world and and the challenges facing education and ed tech. Um, arguing for the motion, we have Kay Lack, who leads the education team at the, the Software Engineering School Makers Academy. Um, her mission is to dramatically shorten the time it takes to learn valuable um, technical skills. Um, you can hear her writing. Uh, excuse me. You can you can read writings of, at the software archaeology um, Substack uh, email newsletter um, that Kay that Kay does. Welcome so much Kay to this to this forum. Thank you very much, Jeff. Taking the pos- the position against the motion um, will be um, Momocheti vice chancellor of the University of Cape Town in South Africa, which has been named the best university on the continent of, of Africa. Um, she's one of the leading mathematician mathematics education scholars in the world and has won numerous um, accolades, including being named um, 2020 Forbes Top 50 Most Powerful Women in Africa. Um, thank you for being part of this as well. Thanks, Jeff. Basically, we will start off um, with a five-minute opening statement from each from each side. And so we're going to start with, with Kay uh, arguing for um, the motion, and uh, I will let you take it away.
1: Thank you very much. Um, so today I'm going to argue that a university degree is the worst investment a young person can make. I'm going to speak from my own perspective, from uh, the UK and from computing, but I'm going to try and broaden that out to a global and cross-subject perspective. So you will have the opportunity to think about this from your angle as well, where you are So for this topic, I think it's important to define a few terms. Uh, First, university. So a university isn't just another name for tertiary education. University is one model. Universities generally cover a wide range of subjects, offer degrees focused on academic fields, say mathematics or computer science versus software development for their own merits and not just as a route into a job. Secondly, investment. Investment is money, but it is also time. In most cases, a university degree takes three to four years of study. That's not just three years of fees, but three years of lost earnings. And beyond that, there's a difference in earning potential and experience at the end of three years of practical work as compared to those after three years of study, plus the feeling of success and progress in one's life that this person might have. And the argument is that if a university degree is a good investment, it ought to be substantially more valuable than the opportunity cost, what you could do with those three years and what you could do with the fee money, and taking into account the risk. And my argument is that the risk is too high and the returns too low. To show this, let's take a closer look at where universities succeed and where they fail. And from this, I think we can discover their core problem and give some sound advice to the young people in our lives. I'm gonna talk to you about two fields, both of which have very high demand, computing and medicine. Firstly, computing. So a 2018 report from the USA Center for Educational Statistics found that computing graduates had some of the highest median earnings at $70,000 a year and rising over the past 10 years. However, the subject has some of the worst rates of graduate unemployment at 5.6% and totally stagnant over that past decade. And that's worse than the humanities, English and finance degrees. In the UK, a report by the Higher Education Statistics Authority found that After 15 months, 20% of graduates felt they weren't using what they studied in their current job, and only 41% were working in the ICT field. In the Philippines, 20% of recent computing graduates weren't employed, and of those that were employed, 30% felt the curriculum wasn't relevant to their jobs. This isn't a degree in watercolor painting. These are some of the most in-demand skills in our present era. Secondly, medicine, where universities have a monopoly on training. In most countries, in the USA, medical degrees have a ninety-eight percent employment rate, and in the UK, a ninety-seven percent had jobs within the field within fifteen months. That's ninety-seven percent for medicine versus forty-one percent for computing. What can possibly explain this puzzle? It isn't like medicine is so much easier than computer programming, and it isn't like software engineers are in such little demand to explain that difference. But it's not so difficult to understand. Uh, Medical degrees are different. They have a clinical phase of two to three years where you work in real institutions with real patients under supervision from experienced professionals. And by the time you come to apply for your jobs, you've already done it for at least two years. It's not complicated. It's basic educational thinking. You learn what you do. The medical degree is essentially a job with training to do that job. There's another word for a job with training. It's called an apprenticeship. It, in my view, is the best form of tertiary education that there is. You get a job with pay, without fees, that includes training in partnership with a training provider. Germany uses this model, with over 60% of young people taking an apprenticeship. Over the pandemic, OECD countries saw youth unemployment spike to 18%, and it's still over 10%. In Germany, where over 60% of young people are taking this form of training, it went from 5 to 6%. This gets results at a society scale. This is a system that works. And other countries are catching up. The vocational training and apprenticeship revolution is upon us. In the UK, a report in 2015 found that level four apprenticeship, that's two years of work and study, provides lifetime earnings comparable to a university degree. And for level five apprenticeships, it's even higher after the university debt is taken into account. Universities are a bad investment for society and for young people in financial terms, but most importantly, in skill terms. With a few notable exceptions, they do not train the skills that students need to gain economic independence. And to advise that young people take such a risk with their futures at such a high financial cost can only be irresponsible. My advice to young people is to invest in their education and to get a job with training built in. Thank you.
0: Wonderful, we're at time that was exactly on the time. So this is impressive already. Um, thank you for, for that. Um, so uh, now we'll have uh, five minutes speaking on the motion um, by Mamokati Paking. opposition to the motion.
2: Thank you, Jeff. Jeff, a university degree can never be the worst investment. I mean, despite its cost, university education remains one of the best investments. And here's the thing, the value of a university education is not so easy to quantify. And talking about what people earn is actually misleading because a university degree pays off in ways that are not strictly financial. In addition to the tangible value of your future income, there are many intangible benefits that can be quanti- that, that can be quantified in monetary terms. And these include learning how to learn, critical thinking, independence, improved social skills, and general skills such as working with teams and developing good working habits. Students are exposed to new ideas, and they also learn about strengths and interests that they didn't even know they had. University education, really, it's about exploring, about learning, about growing. The goal is not to come out the way you went in. that I make reference to university education rather than just a university degree. Because in my view, I want to argue that university education is so valuable that even if one does not graduate, the lessons and the growth are immense. And we can talk about that later if you wanna challenge me. There's a lot more that happens at university than just getting a degree. And all that is critical for our society because universities are are places for ideas. I mean, university is a free and safe space for ideas and debate. Dare I say it's probably the only free and safe space left for ideas and debate. It is important for people to have platforms where ideas are contested. It is important for those spaces to have academic input and research resources and universities are the best placed for quality debate. Other alternatives, such as social media or YouTube, do not serve this role because they create discourse silos. University is also the best place to acquire social and cultural capital, and this is indispensable for the poor. We should never talk about... Access to jobs as if we live in an equal world. In this unequal world we live in, variables such as socioeconomic class, race, gender, nationality, and sometimes religion often determine how people are valued or how the knowledge and skills they have are valued or not. So if you are poor, you need a university degree more than anyone. I say that to poor young people all the time. Having grown up poor myself, I can tell you, if you're, you come from a poor family, you need a university degree. Because one of the greatest rewards that a university degree will give you is valuable social and cultural capital. I would never have it if I didn't go to university. And you need it. Because you don't get it at the dinner table. You don't get it anywhere in the township or whatever informal settlement or area that you live in. And that social and cultural capital you accumulate at university can be exchanged for economic capital via social networks, skills, values, and behaviors that point one to high-paying jobs. I mean, the network that I have right now, my go-to people for references and anything are everyone that I got at university. Of course, everyone has got social and cultural capital and deploys it on a daily basis to navigate society. And all forms of social and cultural capital are valid, But the hard truth is that they are not valued equally. And so for the poor, university is the only place they can acquire the kind of social and cultural capital that is valued. And I can tell you, it doesn't matter how many boot camps you have. If you do not have that social and cultural capital, your chances of accessing those jobs that Kay's talking about are very slim. Thank you, Jeff.
0: After the break, I get to ask each debater a question to draw them out on their arguments. Stay with us. When it comes to your classroom and school communities, Are you combining academic goals with a mindset for social and emotional learning? Educators can use Hapara Highlights and Hapara Filter as social and emotional coaching tools. Highlights is a Chrome monitoring tool that develops digital citizenship. With Highlights, a teacher can see what students are browsing and guide them if an open tab isn't learning focused. The teacher then can send a Highlights direct message that asks the student to be part of the conversation and decision-making process about their own browsing. Teachers can also curate websites for students and gradually give them more browsing independence to help them learn how to self-manage. Hapara Filter is a K-12 web filter powered by AI that helps students practice responsible decision-making in a supportive climate. Within the filter, they can ask their teacher for approval to use a website for learning in the moment. It also keeps students safe by blurring inappropriate images, text, and video, and alerting educators to signs of cyberbullying and self-harm. To learn more, visit hapara.com slash S-E-L. That's hapara.com slash S-E-L. Now back to the episode. So now I get to ask each of you one question to push a little bit on what we just heard and so I'm gonna I'm gonna start with our first debater, um And I I hearing all of this, um, oh, and you get three minutes to respond. So there's a, a timer here as well, which we're where everybody's keeping to time so well. Um so you you there's this point you make about um you know the the income and the 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 payoff of college. We at ed surge we just did an investigation um, that we just came out with in a couple of days ago where we actually were looking at, at alternative alternatives to college or degree pathways that really push to jobs uh, apprenticeship like programs like you suggested and it t- the my colleague talked to um, in detail to a bunch of young high school seniors um, ending you know right about to, to make a decision on whether to go to college. And one thing that really came through in this deep dive is the a disconnect between what some policymakers talk about and and even like your arguments about the the focus on income and payoff versus what the young people that are making this decision who are living this, um are looking for out of college and really their hopes and dreams for the kind of job they want which didn't just have to do with money which was really about figuring out what they wanted to be when they grew up um because these are young people and and one thing that came through is that a traditional college is this coming of age location where people try on a, a major and they decide they find that they Don't want to do that after all. They had no clue what that was. And so they have a space to fail without much consequence and decide, oh, well, I'm going to go into this instead. And I wonder if my question to you is with if a a person, if a young person decides not to go to college, they would save all this money. They could go into a catapult into a career, um, into a high-paying job, even. But what about the space? Maybe it's something that ends up being something that's drudgery or 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 and is difficult to change um, because they invested in some apprentice program, then now they don't know how to do the next step because there's no sense of majors or a culture of changing. I guess do you worry at all about people who choose these options not getting the kind of space to dream and to pick something? Um, and to, to figure out what they wanna do before they're locked into a lifetime in a, in a career.
1: Yeah, th- thank you. I, I do think about that. Actually, a lot of my students uh, have, have ended up on that path where um, it comes to their late 20s, they've, they've done something for a while and they've, they've found actually that they've reached the limit of what it is that they can achieve in their current career and then they change they change and they do something else and i would argue that the idea of a university is a place where you can where you can try something out without consequences not not actually a reality it's a place where you can commit to a very large financial cost in a way that you will then be burdened with for a long a long time If we think sort of in raw terms about vocational training vocational courses are often much shorter than university degrees and and in the case of apprenticeships come with no financial burden and in fact they come with a a a salary as well and if let's say one of my students who are on apprenticeship lasting one two years uh did study with us they would they would study they would learn they would earn as well and at the end of those two years they would still have the opportunity to change and choose a different path. In fact, you could do a number of apprenticeships without having to pay, uh, at least in in the UK, without having to pay any extra for it, um, because you're doing a job and you're earning a salary at the same time, and you wouldn't be saddled with debt after that. So I would say that based on this, you have a larger number of options outside the university than in it. In fact, one of my, you know, one of the students I really look back on, the first of my students to get a job, um, was telling me that it was a very mind opening experience for him to be around people from so many different backgrounds actually in, in work, who had gone through so many different paths to see those role models in his department and in others and, and to get a sense of like what the real world is like. So um, I would say that even if it's things like you know traveling, gap years, short courses, different kinds of jobs, you open up a lot of opportunities for yourself by not going to university and perhaps deciding to do so even in your late thirties or uh, become a more mature student and still get the benefit of both worlds.
0: Vice chancellor. So I heard your arguments and you made that really interesting comment that um, a a young person going to college, even if they don't complete is altered and benefited. But it it does strike me that one of the big challenges that we see is the, is the number of students um, who around the world who have some college and no degree and the the real issue that that seems there though is the is the debt the incredible amount of um, debt some students have to take on to go to college, um, or and there's time as as Kay said um, that is invested as well that uh, lost earnings to to go to college, and so I wanted to I guess one of the questions that I have is colleges have have offered this. Uh, traditional universities for degrees have, have really offered this three, four year kind of experience um, it, it fixed set of time. And, and, and it, it, you have to get all of it to get the degree. Would you be open at your university to radically changing that or making it um, so that there are options for people who, um, you know, to, to get a, de- to get some sort of a degree without going to the whole, you know, four-year maybe core curriculum experience. Um, when people say yeah, there's this fast-changing world of jobs, and and maybe not every student needs the same long-form um, college education. Um, would you be open to kind of changing the format so that it would allow for more people to um, to complete, depending on what it is they're looking to do?
2: Thanks, Jeff. Jeff, let me start with the with a question about those who don't complete. And just briefly, here's the thing. If that were not the case, we wouldn't have a Mandela. Nelson Mandela went to VETS University, spent six years, didn't get a degree. When he got to VETS, many people do not know, but if you read Long Walk to Freedom, you'll get that. He, it is at VETS where he was introduced to politics. It is at vets where he got steeped into politics. It is at vets where he, for the first time in his life, got to interact with people, young people like him, from different races who care about the same thing in society. It opened up his mind, not just his eyes. In fact, if you look at the history, you'll see that when he was um, 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 trial on trial, all the people who represented him are the people who were with him at vets, all of them. Now, if university education what that, was that useless, it, even when you don't get a degree, we wouldn't have had Mandela. I could give you more examples, but I'm going to stop there with Mandela, but we can talk more if you want. Here's the thing, would we be willing as the investor of Cape Town to consider other models? Of course, of course we would. I mean, the world is changing and any university that sets and not consider how the world is changing and ask itself, are we? Then it's a university in decline. Not only are we looking at um, uh, uh, whether different uh, uh, degrees uh, you know, packed up differently we actually, we are probably the only university, maybe on the continent, probably in the world, and one of the few, if there's if there are any, that allows a medical student, whilst doing their degree, they can complete a master's degree before they get their, their medical degree. They can specialize in another uh, science area. So, I mean, there are degrees that we've changed. We've got interrupted studies for students whose studies are interrupted, who can do other things but building on the education that they already have uh, from university, even if they didn't get the degree. So of course the best university keeps rethinking, reimagining, and reworking their programs.
0: Wonderful. Well, we're, we're kind of a little bit over. So instead of three minutes for a closing statement, let's jump into having one. Can we just do one minute each? Um, Let's start with Kay in a, a final bid to, to convince our audience of your position that, um, and Kay, you are saying that the House believes the university degree is the worst investment a young person can make. Thank you, I'll do my best. Um, I went to university. I experienced some of the benefits
1: that my debating partner here has outlined. There are two key weaknesses to her argument. Um, you've probably, like me, trained people, perhaps a lot of people, you may have led teams, you certainly had a career of your own. Do you buy this line about university being uniquely enriching? I think much like God, Personal growth doesn't exist just in a building, but everywhere you care to look for it. I see no reason why any other form of training should have any less than university students. In fact, I see it in my own every day. Secondly, enrolment in higher education has increased from 30 to 40 percent globally after the past 10 years. And I don't know about you, but I haven't seen a commensurate improvement in the state of public discourse. We seem to find conflict wherever we look. But it is the key role of university and society to help us make sense of our world and the time in which we find ourselves, to be that place of free exchange of ideas and genuine critical thought, a place to change your mind. It's such an important role. And in the story of Mandela, of course, he goes on a very different journey. He studies across his whole life and gets his degree later in life. And I wish universities could be that. Right now, they're not, instead, You should be choosing vocational training, education and employment and continuing that growth, that growth of study, perhaps, I hope, in a renewed university sector that will be able to give the world what what it
0: needs in this century. Thank you. Vice Chancellor, closing arguments against the motion.
2: Thank you, Jeff. Mandela, by the way, didn't change his degree. He continued on the same degree, distance, whilst in jail. But here's the thing. Despite the rising costs of higher education and what many reports and K would have us believe, investing in a university degree remains a solid and profitable investment. I mean, students who take out loans to pay for studying at university have debt to repay when they graduate. And so I understand the concerns about the cost of a university degree. However, these students have still made a smart financial decision because not all debt is the same. There is good debt and there is bad debt. And a university degree is definitely good debt, not only for the individual, but also for society. And here's the thing, Kay thinks all we want when we finish high school is to make more money. No, some of us, many of us, a growing number of us want to make a difference in society. And so we leave those high paying jobs and go for jobs where we can make a difference. Kay says, medicine is just apprenticeship. I wonder if she'd be willing, if they'd be willing to get someone to do heart surgery on them who never studied cardiology. I doubt it. And here's the thing, university just as a place of ideas is absolutely irreplaceable that's where the students have a voice. If we get students only into a, a, a place or, or, or a pipeline of getting jobs only, then we'll have a, a situation where students are cowed, or young people are cowed. they're docile, they're quiet, they're uncritical, only focused on getting a job. Then our world will be poorer because if students can raise their voice, if students can be in a safe space, where they learn new things, they hear about new things, they, their ideas, they get invigorated and they raise their voices, then active citizens, citizens elsewhere in society will not be heard and the establishment will stay comfortable. And we know that the establishment in most societies often grows numb with time. It becomes deaf to the voices of its powerless majority and dismissive of the powerless as senseless and reckless and it's at university where the establishment is cha- is challenged. So, th- th- because their first order of of business for the establishment is always self preservation for themselves and the establishment. And university environments trouble those spaces. So it is yes, it is indispensable. Okay, thank you, Jeff.
0: Wow, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even do the buzzer. I was, you went a little over, but it was, it was beautifully said. Thank you both um, for sharing. I, I think we are over time, so I'm gonna just yeah. make sure the audience understands that. I wish we could all clap for you and, and you hear us. Thank you both for sharing your perspectives today,
3: Jeff. Thank you so much, and Kay and uh, Katie, Thank you so much. I mean, uh, Jeff, you, you you heard some proper body blows there, actually, from both sides. Um, where do you think it'll end up? as a debate
0: oh will will the audience where yeah. where will the audience in this group um come down yeah i i i believe we will um have a pro uh, we will have a, a, a against the motion because i please i believe people in this crowd will believe the university degree has value and is not the worst investment um that is a pretty hard uh thing to to go but i'd be very curious to see how it breaks down do we have the result
3: I, I no we do, but I want to ask you by what margin. I mean yesterday it was a bit wild actually.
0: Yeah, I heard you said. Three yeah.
3: quarters to your quarter. Do you think it's going to be that extreme?
0: Uh, oh, both sides were so persuasive, I think it'll be pretty close.
3: righty, so here we go. Are you ready? K Ketty? You can have you can have the rest of today off. This is this is where it lands up. So 51% to 48%. It's almost like the Brexit referendum, actually. Uh, I disagree with the debate motion. Uh, It's only a small margin, actually, that that you win by, So
0: Wow. So in case this is not clear, the motion failed. Meaning that the audience disagreed with the statement, a university degree is the worst investment a young person can make. It was super close. 51% disagreed. And most of the rest agreed that higher education a bad investment, at least based on the arguments given that day. Even though I guessed at the time that it would be close, this is pretty unusual, I think. And it says something about the deep current of skepticism running through the world right now about higher ed. But what was your vote? If you have a thought about this, or you just want to share who you thought won the debate, I encourage you to put that out on Twitter um, you can tag the EdSurge podcast or me at J R Young. Of course, the big downside of these virtual events is that once they're over, we all just turn off our Zoom and go back to our separate lives. So I actually didn't get a chance to talk to anyone afterwards. So I'm really looking forward to seeing any tweets that come. This has been the EdSurge podcast, where every week we look at a big question about the future of learning. Please do follow the EdSurge podcast wherever you listen. And sign up for the weekly Ed Surge podcast newsletter to keep up with what we're up to. You can find that at edsurge.com and click on the word newsletter at the top right. This episode was produced by me, Jeff Young. Music by Mon We'll be back next week with more on the future of learning. Thanks for listening.